in uh, Proverbs chapter 18. Mark Twain said he could go a good while on a good compliment. Words, I'm not fishing for compliments either, because I know there'll be some mixed things in there. And our church is so familiar with each other, you know, Alan with this, his foot, you know, I'm thinking we're singing footprints of Jesus, and it's like, and then he's saying he's got nine toes, and I'm thinking Lord of the Rings, Frodo of the Nine Fingers. And then that card you got the other day, I didn't know the inner meaning of it, that footprints in the sand, there was one toe missing. And we're not mean people, it just shows how much we know and love each other around here. So you're saying, what in the world is he talking about? It? That's why I'm saying we've got to be careful with our words. But <laughs> today, today uh, the sermon is on good words. And it doesn't mean I'm going to preach longer, but your points are going to be good, the word good, and the word words. And so, yeah. Because the first part, the word good, is going to be the characteristics of good words. What are the things that make someone that speaks good words? And then the word words is going to be the benefits of speaking good words. And so, you know, again, I've been doing this through Bible reading, and, and we'll, we'll go from Old Testament, New Testaments, whatever kind of sticks out to me. And so basically, I think it was uh, Proverbs 18.21, or 21 really uh, spoke out to me on the power of the tongue. And so we asked the question, what kind of words do you speak? Well, English, Pastor. Okay, I get you that. But your attitude, your tone, and now we're getting into words without emotion, or we're putting words in emotion printed. Um, with the whole dealing with masks now, I saw a really cool mask. It it basically I thought of, I thought about you might like it, so you don't have to look at me. But basically, it's like a giant sunglass. You know your sunglasses, how reflective they are. The mask goes up to here, so I can see out, and you can't see anything. And you know, so all you see is like if you're in the G.I. Joe, it's like Cobra Commander. So anyway, that's the geek in me. But the, the thing about it is, is through these masks, and I'm really kind of curious, and I'm not against masks when needed, okay, so I'm not go, don't go there. But we are really going to see how we have learned to read people's expressions. But younger, younger kids, you know, my grandson it will be two. You know, all he knows is people in and out of masks. And I was always taught if you're in the bank and somebody's wearing a mask, you do this. You know, now it's like, I guess that's normal, okay? But um, reading expressions in our words, and then some of you probably have gotten in trouble when you text somebody, and it's like, why are you yelling? You know, I went and saw my parents the other day, and I was having to teach them some new phone etiquette, you know, <laughs> and change their phones and all this kind of stuff. But... A lot of us don't understand there's a whole different way we can do our words and we haven't even spoken anything. I mentioned it before. One time I just answered back K, the word K, which means okay. All right? Somebody texts back, why are you mad? It's like, I wasn't mad. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So now, not only speaking our words, but when we put them on the phone or when we don't speak, it, and I'm not, I don't want us to worry about what we do. But we need to ask the question, what kind of words do we speak? Uh, how could we speak better? Um, are we speaking good words, wonderful words of life? And we struggle to hear a good word, you know. And we struggle to respond and give a good word of encouragement. Or to control the power of our words. 
to speak with integrity, to speak life. Proverbs 20.18 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we can choose either bad words that lead to death, and I'm not talking necessarily about cussing. I was, I would mentioned before that I was, you know, helping the cops out with scenarios with the cadets, and I get to play the nosy neighbor, okay? And it's a dispute. And I'm watching all these cops that are helping out, and they're like, you know, I don't normally cuss uh, chaplains. Like, you're not, it's not going to bother me what you're doing here. I'm here to minister, okay? But they cuss at the cadets in order to get them to understand, you know, this is what you're going to be dealing with. I said, I can be mean without cussing. And like I said, I was the only one that got arrested in these scenarios. So I guess I could be pretty mean. And so the thing about it is, is when we're saying bad words, I'm not necessarily talking about cussing. I'm talking about in our attitude, in our tone, in our speaking or in our not speaking. We can choose to speak bad words that lead to death. Or we can speak good words that lead to life. And your action step today is speak life. And there's no better way to look at this than Proverbs 18. Yes, there's a lot of different verses, but they're all around these two chapters. And we don't need to read the whole chapter, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going to these verses in the order that they are in order for us to understand this. So your first section of points spells the word good, and this is the traits of speaking good words. A person who speaks good words is a blessing more than a cursing. You know that person, don't you? That person that every time they talk to you, they bless you, they encourage you. It's almost like honey just comes out of their mouth, you know. And we know that they're an imperfect sinner just like the rest of us. But they're a blessing to be around. Proverbs 18.14 says, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters, and the fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. The spring, wise words, good words, are like inexhaustible springs of life. A blessing. Wisdom is, not, is the application of knowledge. There's a lot of people, a lot of you are old enough that you know the Cliff Clavens that can tell you anything about anything, but they have no wisdom. They don't know what to do with that knowledge. They don't apply it. But the wise words, good words, are like coming from a deep spring. We have... A couple, we have a spring or a couple of springs on the farm where we live, and there's one spring close by. It's my favorite place on the farm, and I also hunt there. And, and no matter any time of drought, that spring was always producing water. There's another spring nearby that only when we have rain, and a lot of rain, then it starts producing water. And that's what good, wise words are they're deep. They're not just, well, I observed this, and here's my opinion. They're like, no, this is what I've learned, and this is what I've learned from God. So your first feeling, when we speak life, we speak good words. Good words. That's, that, there is a quality that makes, uh, and we're going to see here, there's a quality that makes good words good. And they are truthful, and they are accurate. So we speak good words, but what makes up a good word? A good word is truthful and accurate. Now be careful, Christians, because a lot of us like to be truthful, but we're not speaking it in a timely manner and definitely not in a good way. Well, it's the truth, isn't it? 
Just because it is, doesn't mean God told you to speak it at that time to that person. And so, look at verse 8 of Romans, uh, not Romans, of Proverbs 18. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. So the wrong words, a whisperer is one that murmurs, a one that gossips. He has those delicious morsels. And let's just be honest, in our sinful nature, we all like a good piece of gossip. And we'd all like to share it. And we'd all like to see what everybody else's opinion is. That, that's the base sin we all have. And last week I talked about those sins that are indicator that someone has not made a decision for Christ. And right next to the homosexual is listed the gossip. These are just outward indicators that if you've not surrendered to God in these sins in your life, doesn't mean you've overcome them, then maybe you have never surrendered to God. And so, the words of whispers are like delicious morsels. And, and they go down into the inner parts, that, uh, meaning they swallow it greedily. And they swallow and goes down to, and they take it to heart. And what happens when we give in to gossip? You know, like I said, I've been in churches where that was their problem, and here's how you start with. You go to the source. Well, you're the biggest gossip in the church, so God told me to come to you. No, I don't mean that. Uh, but when somebody brings a piece of gossip, and they make the mistake to bring it to the pastor, which you should be able to approach the pastor, and there's different aspects of the pastor that I don't have to tell everyone you know, we can work this out and we can figure out the best biblical way to do it. But most of the time, any time anybody's come to me, it's like, have you talked to that person? Well, uh, uh, no. <laughs> One, if it doesn't have anything to do with you, why are you talking about it? And two, if it does, you need to go to that person. I'll gladly go with you. And so if we're going to be truthful and we're going to be accurate, we're not going to be listening to all the whispers around us. And we need to, James 1.19 is a verse you need to really memorize. And I memorized it 10 plus years ago. Quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Two ears, one mouth. And so we need to do that. We need to take it slow and don't bite on the first juicy morsel. <laughs> Traits are good words, are truthful, and they're accurate. And this is why even when things are going bad, you don't jump, you don't rush to judgment. But so many times, oh, pastor, ooh, no. So take it slow and don't bite at the first juicy morsel. Your next phone, when we speak life, we only speak the truth. So if you don't know the truth, guess what? Be quiet. Say, I don't know. So why are we going there? And when God tells you to speak the truth, I say timely, and let's use the word tenderly, God will tell you when you need to speak the truth to somebody. And you will know. He will clear... He, you, if you learn to listen to God, He doesn't speak verbally, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and while you're in the Word, He will make it known when you need to do that. But most of the time, He just tells me to be quiet. And then I really do know when it's time to, as I say, go downtown. But uh, if I go downtown, that doesn't mean I'm going to do it in a mean way. Speak the truth in love. 
We can only speak the truth if we, if we work on seeing the truth first. So the next thing is listening carefully. So we've got to speak good words. They need to be truthful and they need to be accurate. Verse 13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. You as a child, were you a mind reader to your parents? I know what you're going to say. Really? I know what it does to me when my children have done that. You can read my mind because I don't know my mind most of the time. And the older I get, I'm losing more of it. Okay, so, but you can read my mind. And you know what I'm going to say before I say it. I don't know about you, but as a parent, that has always infuriated me. You know, just give me a minute. But not just as a parent. In society, when we're dealing with the loss, when they just assume that I haven't thought about anything or searched this in my own, that bothers me. But I can get over that. But we need to listen carefully. But so many times on the other side of that, we hear these, con these controversial things that we're not used to, and we just put a wall up, and we don't really listen. I struggle with it too, but we're always thinking about the next thing we're going to say. When am I going to interject in the conversation? If one gives an answer before he hears, it's his folly and shame. Give an answer, but before you hear the whole story. How can we really speak life? How can we speak fully, uh, not in foolishness, and not end up in, in shame, which is confusion? We need, we need to be quick to hear. And when you speak before you listen, you look foolish and, and it causes confusion. Think about it. I'm just giving you, but you haven't listened for the whole story. And if you live long enough, you always know there's two sides to every story. And sometimes you're not going to know the whole thing, but we need to listen carefully. And in our sinful nature, we don't want to do that. But what do we have to lose? We have to lose the fact that things are going to be confusing and that we're going to look foolish. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. You need to learn that, James 1.19, because that will help you in so many things. So your next film, if we're going to speak life, it starts, it, starts, uh, it originates by listening first. This goes against all of our nature. No, I'm going to tell you, you're going to listen to me. What's it going to hurt? Proverbs says, even the fool is considered wise if he keeps his mouth shut. So you may not know much, but wisdom is not about knowing, it's about applying knowledge. So you need to start with listening. I mean, even if you have to be truthful and, and speak the right things, it's not going to hurt you to listen. I'm talking to myself too. It's something that we always have to fight in our sinful nature because it's like, I want to be heard, or you're not listening to me, or I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, you can still do that. Just wait. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Good verse to learn. Those three things will help you through the Holy Spirit to mess up less and speak life. And so part of listening first involves examining and questioning. So you're going to speak good words. You're going to speak truthful words. You're going to listen carefully. But when you listen carefully, and I have to do this as a minister, you know, and I'm going to say a biblical counselor in the sense of I'm going to guide people in the Bible, what God's Word says, to help them with life. And so I have to listen to what they're saying. And when they get down to, I always have to do things in one sentences, and it's like, I wish your sermon would be that. Well, I gave you the point, speak life. So there you go. You can go to sleep right now. But here's the deal. But I always look when I'm listening to somebody, when they give a sentence of clarity that summarizes everything they've told me. And so part of that listening is you've got to learn to ask and examine questions. So you need to question clearly. Verse 17, the one who states his case seems right 
until the other comes and examines it. So you need to ask right questions when God tells you. The presentation may seem right, because let's go, let's go. The first time we're presented with something, depending on who the person is, they're going to look good. And it's going to seem right. But you haven't listened to the other person. And even if there's not another person, you haven't asked questions. Now, people do not want you to ask questions. And that's all of us. And it's not the, but if we go to Jeremiah that the heart is desperately wicked, we need to guard our hearts that we might try to evade people finding all the truth or what's in our heart. It's not that we're evil, but without God we are. But we're, we're still struggling with our sin nature. None of us like to be questioned. But we need to learn to ask questions, to examine, to not just take things at surface value. And this, this especially bothers me with the internet and with the news and everything because there's too much information and there's too many people not asking questions and not reading both sides and not examining. And we need to because there's too much information and I think most of it's probably not that accurate. But that's just in life, but we're talking about dealing with people. So until we examine, that word examine means search it out, um, we need to remember verse 13 that we just read. Remember, answer before, uh, remember, answer before you hear, is, we're foolish and it creates confusion. So we need to listen. We don't just listen and accept. We politely look at and search out and reason together. So you need to get over the fact that they're not liking questions. And the more somebody squirms and you're not putting a spotlight on them and saying, now, okay, tell us the truth. We're going to break you. No, but if somebody is really fighting you just asking a simple question, your radar spiritually should go up. We're just talking about this. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to see where you're at. And I'm trying to understand. And so we need to ask questions. And you need to think about those questions. But part of speaking life, your next feeling means we determine to question. Go back to Paul and Romans. He's preaching, and they searched the Scriptures daily, the Bereans, to see what Paul was saying was true. And I definitely think you should do that with me or anyone else. Now, if you get the point, you're just being difficult. I'm using a nice word, trying to use a good word. I was thinking being a butt, which we all can be. Okay, see, that wasn't a good word, but it was a sub-good word. But anyway, all right. <laughs> see what we're doing without Jesus? You know, but if you're really trying to search and, and search for truth, I should be open enough to accept your questions and to answer them back. That's not just the pastor, that's all of us. If we're trying to hide something, we need to ask the question, what's wrong? Now, that doesn't mean go back to accountability and people that are close to you. I know I'm transparent, and I, I, I go by John 3.21. Those that do what is right come gladly to the light, so everyone knows what they're doing is what God wants them to do. But I also know there's people, I don't know that they need to know that, not because I'm being deceitful, I just don't trust them to handle that. But you see what I'm saying? You've got to discern who you answer those questions to, but you should be in a habit of, hey, I'm an open book. Because I'm going to tell you right now, your life is a lot easier if you apply John 3.21, living in the light, you know, that you can lay your head down and know that you're good with God and with man. But you do need discernment on who you answer those questions. Not because you're not worthy, it's just 
you're the kind of person that's going to take that and do something different with it. Or you're not going to understand it. But we need to determine, part of speaking life means determine a question. When we speak life, we speak good words, and we enjoy the benefits of good words. Now, this is our next section, the benefits. So we talked about the traits of good words. Good, uh, good speaking life are good words. They're truthful words. They, we, uh, it originates by listening first and questioning. And so now we're going to look at the benefits of when we speak good words. The benefits of good words are peace. Look at verses 6 and 7 in Proverbs 18. A fool's lips uh, walk, into fl- uh, f- uh, walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. And a fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. Your words ever gotten you in trouble? In anger or whatever? And they're just hanging out there in the air, and you cannot push them back. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Why did pastor have to learn that? Because... You know, I, over 30 years of ministry, there's a few people that might want to push my buttons. And I've been blessed that I get mad later. Okay? But still, quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. We fools walk into trouble. And, and they invite, they call for beatings, blows, attacks, whether physically or verbally. And it leads to their destruction, their ruin. And it's a snare, it's a trap. And it says his soul, his very eternal co- uh, core is trapped. When we, when we speak good words, your next film, we, uh, we reap the opposite of death because uh, we, a person wants godly peace. I want you to understand about godly peace. We need to really get into godly peace. And Jesus talks about in John, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And he says he gives us his peace. We think the peace is the absence of trouble, and it's not. Peace is knowing that you've done what God wants you to do in the midst of trouble, and everything else may stink. Yea, though I walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. And then he talks about you're going to sit down and eat a meal comfortably in the presence of your enemies? That's godly peace that everything in my life stinks. You're right here with me, Jesus. So, you, godly words produce godly peace. You go back and say, yeah, they may not like what I said. Go back to what I preached last week. There's a lot of people, if they looked at that closely in that section of Scripture, they're not going to like me. It's not about me. Those are God's words. But I'm at peace. I, would be, I would not be at peace if I did not present God's whole word to you. Because I will answer for that. And that is what His words say. And so why I don't feel comfortable bringing these things up and I don't disagree with them biblically, I still do them so I can have peace with God. And if you have peace with God, that's where it starts. And so I want to help you with that. You speak good words. You, you speak life. And regardless of how somebody responds to it, if you know that you've done what God wants you to do, you should have godly peace. And that's a benefit. When we speak life, it produces fruit, productivity. Look at verses 20 and 21 of, of chapter 18. From the fruit of a man's 
from a fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I read 21, and that's the one that led me to do a sermon on this. The power of the tongue. Fruit. We're going to produce something with our mouths. <laughs> bad fruit or good fruit. Depending on what you say, could produce bad results. Either way. But again, if you've said truth, spoken truth, and love, and done all these things that produce good words through the power of the Holy Spirit, you still might get in trouble, but you know you're good with God. But we're talking about bad fruit, where, yeah, I've listened to that gossip, and yeah, I have acted before I have listened, and yeah, I have done this not in a loving way. And so what are you producing in your mouth? Uh, and is it going to be satisfying? Is it going to fill you? Is it going to fill you with good things or bad things? And so that's a choice we've got to make. The wise, it talks about the wise understand the power of their words. They think and speak carefully. They guard their words and they speak deliberately to encourage and speak life in people, uh, speak life into people's lives. Now I want to go back and unpackage that for a minute. I want you to understand, I'm going to redefine the word wise. If we took IQ tests, you know, some of you, you know, you're going to go off the charts. Some of you are like, okay, and whatever. But, you know, we've all known people that they did well in high school and they were going to get all these scholarships and they're off the chart and they never did anything with that. Okay? And then you know people, it's kind of like I am, a meat and potatoes kind of person, where I worked with what I got, worked hard, and got through. Both of those can take with what they got, but I want you to understand this. I want you to understand the word wise does not mean that you have smarts, that I know this or that. It's what you do with the knowledge you've been given. So we're all accountable on that. doesn't matter what level your IQ is or isn't. What did you do with the knowledge that you were given and that you understood? Did you use it? That is wisdom. So now let's go back here. You can be wise wherever you're at. And so the wise understand the power of the words. We all know by now that our words can get us in trouble. Been there, done that, got several t-shirts. Okay? And we understand the power of the words, so you need to think before you speak. Why did pastor have to learn James 1.19? And want you to learn it because when you're tempted to give it out there, and boy, I can think of some zingers. See, I, I, you know, the whole foot thing, you know, I should have saved that, but it was hilarious. But, you know, all the time I'm having to hold stuff back, okay? Because Matthew 12, 34, I had to learn Matthew 12, 34, why I was a youth minister. Because I would say funny things and everybody would laugh. And then they would be really mean, passive, aggressive things. And so somebody would walk away. It's like, that was funny, but that kind of hurt. Okay? And then when I was doing youth ministry in Oklahoma, I started realizing my youth were doing the same thing. I said to myself, or God said to me, Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I realized, you know what? I'm wrong saying these mean, funny things. Because that's in my heart. And so that helped me. And then James 1.19, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We need to understand the power of words. We need to think and speak carefully. And you need to guard your words. I don't think we... Guys, I have been in so many uncomfortable situations. And I just trust God. But boy, am I not praying, give me the words? 
Help me. Most of the time, my prayer is this. Let me know when to speak and when not to speak. And then, uh, why did I learn uh, Psalms 19.14? Let the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We're talking about praying God's word. I pray that one a lot. Let the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then I've been going over my scriptures because uh, I, I got a new Bible and was marking them. And uh, it's interesting when you go over your scriptures and every scripture I have marked in my Bible was something I dealt with. And so Philipp, uh, uh, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Only such that is good for building up as fits the occasion in order that it might give grace to those who hear it. And I learned that recently. After, when I was riding the bus, driving the bus, Bobby, <laughs> let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Don't cuss at the kids. You know, and I'm not that I would, but you know what I'm saying. But there's so many ways, even if you don't have an issue with cussing, that you can be horrible with your words. Oh, pastor, you busted us. Okay, whatever. I'm, I'm sharing where I'm at. Think and speak carefully. Guard your words. Speak deliberately to encourage. Speak life. There are so many times I may not have a chance to think and search God, but most of the time when I need to talk truth to people, God gives me enough time, I have to get it down to one sentence because of the fact I like to wander. And so many times people are going to want to grab here and there. But if you have the chance for God to help you get down what you need to stay, say and hold to it, doesn't mean you're not going to listen to everything else. You need to speak deliberately. We need to stop beating around the bush. You know what's something I've realized? Even lost people that may not agree with you, they watch what you do, and if you speak straight to them, even though they don't agree with it, they respect you. I'm serious, and, and Paul talks about it, that even the lost speak well of you. So you need to speak deliberately. When we talk, I'm going to use an example. When we talk about death, Let's stop using euthanisms, whether it's children or adults. Well, they passed away. Was it on the intersection? Which way did they go? You know, they've gone on. Where did they go? They died. And, I know, and you can say that in a loving way, but we need to speak deliberately. We need to speak clearly. And we definitely need to think before we speak. We need to guard our words. We need to be positive. We need to share uplifting truths of Scripture. And so... A good, a good one for you to study, a good section of Scripture that is, I mean, I think I'm going to go back to that and we're going to do a series on it. I've got it memorized, but I'm going to go back to it, is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. I would write that down. That, that, that'll keep you busy for a while. I'm still working on it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your... Uh, uh, Reasonableness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. I mean, we'll go on down there. But then you get to four eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, what is whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think, speak. I'm added speak, but if you're thinking it, it'll come in on these things. Pure and wise words are produce uh, are a product of godly tongue and heart. In God's word, seeking God. You can speak. It's very interesting. You could not have a heart that's following God, and you can have people that can speak just right, but if you're around anybody long enough, you'll see their true heart. And so that's why we've got to have His words deep in our heart. 
death and life from the power of the tongue. Something to look out this week for more study on this is James chapter 3 and verses 6 and verses 10 talking about death and power. And the result of our good words should satisfy and fulfill us. When we know even if people may not like it, when we know that we spoke, my goodness, how many times have I I've done stuff in a loving way and I've spoken God's truth and I've searched it and guess what? People still don't like it or me. What is that about? Go back to godly peace. And does it still bother me when they respond to me like that? Yeah, it does. But if I have godly peace, I can get over that. But the result of our good words should satisfy and fulfill us. The benefit, here's your next feeling. The benefit of speaking life is it produces ongoing fruit. Question is, what fruit, is your words, what fruit are your words producing? You chew on that one this week. Fruit, get it? Chew. Okay, but what, what fruit are your words producing? What kind of friends? What kind of reactions? Again, you can have bad reactions and speak good... But you need to ask that. The benefit of producing fruit is abundance that you're going to be producing. And that, per, that continues with another benefit is fullness. Look at verse, now we're going to Proverbs 19, verse 15. Proverbs 19, verse 15. Uh, slothfulness cast into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. Okay? Slothfulness, laziness. One of the benefits of speaking good words, and here's your next fill and I'll, I'll unpackage this, is we remain full of life. I, know, I may have put the wrong scripture on there. I don't think I did, and I know she didn't because I have it here. But we are going to be full. This is talking about slothfulness, laziness, that the person that doesn't uh, make an effort is going to have an empty stomach. Well, if you're not speaking good words, do you think bad words are going to fill you up? I mean, you may be full of bad words. That's one thing. But if you're speaking God's word, Aren't you, isn't your soul going to be full with God's peace? Yeah. Because you know you did it in love. You know you spoke when He told you to. And you know you spoke His truth. Again, doesn't mean everybody's going to like it. And I hate it. I hate it when I've tried everything I could and done it, and done it the right way and have sought accountability. And I still have that one person. We've got to realize everybody's not right with God at the same time. And God's working with everybody. But that one person that they take their finger and you've done it all right and they're just poking you. And you're like, and what do we do? We focus on that. Why have I had to learn verses on focus? For I've decided to concentrate only on Christ Jesus and His death on the cross. 1 Corinthians 2.2 2. and Isaiah 26.3. He will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on Him. The devil will always have that person right in front of your face. You need to stop looking at that, looking at them, and look up. So, remain full, uh, so uh, we remain full of life, not always physically, but spiritually. And so we need to speak good words so we can have that, be full of peace and be full of life. And so another benefit of speaking good words of life is freedom. So we have fullness, and now we have freedom. Look at, uh, now we're going to go to Proverbs 21.23. Proverbs 21.23 says this, Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. <laughs> if you have an issue with speaking before you're thinking, this may be your verse that you get down and you, and you learn it. But whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. 
why did they say mouth and tongue? Why didn't they just say mouth? Okay, let's look at this for a minute. So, Because that was one of the questions. Why were you redundant? I know it's important. And so, first, that word keep means watch over. And mouth means your words. And tongue means language or tone or amount. I spoke good words. Yeah, I really like you. What's the tone in that? Are you okay with that? Yeah. I mean, you see what I'm saying? You, he, this is why he's saying, you need to watch, and some of you have been told this by your parents, you need to watch the tone you, you say that. And even as parents or, or cops have to learn verbal jujitsu, which is how you talk to people, you know. But a lot of times we can say something and our tone or our expressions, and this is why the whole mass thing, again, I'm not against it or, you know, for it. I'm saying when you can't read somebody's emotions, whether we never dealt with mask or not, through texting, you cannot read somebody's emotions through texting. Well, they capitalize it, Pastor. Well, maybe they're old and don't realize they're yelling at people because it's capitalized. I don't know. Okay? But you see what I'm saying? It's, that's why he says the mouth and the tongue. You've got to watch your words. But you also got to watch your tone and the amount that you're speaking. I find a lot of times less words are better. <laughs> and you know, I know I'm the talker in the family. I get that. Not just because I'm a minister. But you know, when you're in a car with a bunch of guys, a good trip is nobody said anything to each other. Okay? And then you don't blame whoever passed when. But we won't go that. All right? All right? But the thing about it is, is, a lot of words doesn't mean that it, you're speaking good words. You need to be careful in your words you speak, in the tone that you speak them, and the amount. I find people that keep talking when they're trying to defend themselves look more guilty. That's not always the case. But I know I've had to learn. I Part of being a minister and, and my personality is I know I repeat myself, and, and I know I can talk too long. I'm not talking about the sermon, so I don't need a jab, even though Alan owes me one. Okay, all right. But, but so many times I know if I've speak, spoken the truth and I've done it in love, it's better just to stay, say it and leave it. And I've had to learn that. Because I want to keep talking to that person until they understand. It's not my job for them to understand. I will answer any question, but I need to say it. I need to say it in love, and I need to say it clearly and leave it. And boy, that has been hard for me because my personality says, I want to talk to you till you understand. Hmm. You need to guard your, your words, you need to guard your tone, and you need to guard how much you say. One of the benefits, your next film, one of the benefits of good words and of speaking life is we dwell in freedom. Think about it. Finally, uh, we dwell in freedom. What does that look like? John 8.32 says, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you know the words of God and His word, they will save you if you accept them. And again, the society will make you feel trapped. But this is why John 8.32, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And who is the truth? Jesus said it in John 14.6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. You see what I'm saying? We need to. We are only free through through the truth of Jesus Christ. And so, regardless of how somebody responds to you, if you've done what God wanted you to do, you are free. 
And so dwell in freedom. Finally, when we dwell in freedom, it produces one more lasting benefit, acceptance. Let's look at verse, uh, uh, Proverbs 22, verse 11. When a scoffer is punished, the simple become wise, and the wise man is instructed, he gains knowledge. The scoffer is the one who says, I don't want to learn that. You ever worked with somebody like that, and then you get hurt because they don't want to learn that? Okay? So the scoffer, you got three people here. you got the scoffer, you got the simple, and you got the wise. So the scoffer says, I am not going to accept that knowledge. You just need to step back a little bit from them and hope you don't get hurt from their lack of accepting knowledge. The simple, though, is warned. Simple doesn't mean you're dumb, you just didn't know it. You can use the word ignorant. Ignorance means you don't know. And so the simple, when they're warned, hey, that stove is hot, guess what? They're not resting their hand on the stove. So there, there's hope of that. And so many times, I've given you scriptures that have taken me years in my simplicity to realize I'm going with that because the stove is hot if I don't. Understanding the wise man. They learn the deep meaning. Here's the knowledge. Here's what it means. And now I'm going to apply it. And so your last villain, when you speak good words, we live secure because they are words of life. They are words of real life. So let's think about this. Review this for a minute. So the characteristics or the trait of speaking life is you're going to speak good words, godly words, things related to God's wisdom. And you're only going to speak the truth. And so where I would go with that is I would, a biblical worldview, what is truth? Truth is God's word. And so you need to be in God's word to know what is truth, and there, those are the good words. And so it originates, oh, so before I speak, I need to listen. Now, when we have this time of invitation here in a minute, you may not come up to the altar. I'm not trying, I just, I'm speaking good words to you today. But somewhere, somehow this week, <laughs> if you're not somewhere on this list, you're lying. Okay, I'm just saying it because we all, you got to be struggling with something because, you know, and, and I'm transparent to you because I want you to understand part of speaking life is getting real with God and yourself. Okay, so it's hard because we want to get our point out and being from America, which I'm proud that we can speak what we think, but we need to listen first. And now we're in a society that everybody's telling us to shut up and not speak, and you want to maybe metaphorically rip their head off and say, what, or shake them and say, wait, listen. What's it going to hurt you to listen? And yeah, you're probably going to have to listen to some stuff that's a load of junk. But they're lost. And they believe it. And they're lost. And then you have the words of life. How are you doing on that one? I have to struggle with that every day because I keep thinking, well, I need to tell you this. And, I need to, and now as you get older, I hope I remember what I'm going to tell them. You know, that kind of thing. Or maybe here, you're not asking enough questions. And I don't mean you put the lights on. But so many times with family and friends, we just accept it. And it's like, no, we don't want to hurt them. We don't want them to be upset. But you need to determine, hey, what about this? Some of us aren't doing that. And we're helping people go to hell and make their choice. But when were you questioned? And then over here, 
Do you have godly peace? Do you understand godly peace now? Because godly peace means my whole world is falling, but God's right there with me. Are you producing fruit? You can't produce fruit on your own. All it means is I'm going to obey God and He'll produce the fruit. And then you will be full and you will, are you living free? Because you may be listening to the words of the devil or you may be listening to the words of someone that is being influenced by the devil and that you're not living in freedom. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Romans, uh, uh, that's uh, J uh, John 8.36. And then Romans 8.31. Now there is no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. If you've received Christ, you are free. So live in freedom in all areas of your life. And that freedom, are you living secure? If you made that decision for Christ, you can live secure that you will be with Him. But the question I have for you today, are you speaking life? Or are you speaking death? Every day, I have to make a choice. And more days than not, I feel I don't speak life as well. And I'm not as encouraged. Well, you're a pastor. You're encouraging to me. But what about my family? Or what about those closest to me? It doesn't stop. Why did I have to learn Philippians 4, 13? Do all things without grumbling. God wants all of us. So as we stand on our feet today... Heads bowed. If you need to come and pray, you do that, or where you're at, or work on this this week. Why did I learn Deuteronomy 30, 19? Today I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. I call all heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would speak life, that you and your descendants might live. Have I accomplished this in my life? No. But I need to make it my aim that we speak life. Because guys, you have the words of life and we're walking around dead people where you were. And you may be one of those people today and I want to tell you, if you don't know Christ, come and receive Him. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive salvation. And begin those steps of walking in life. Whatever you need to do today, speak life. Choose life. Lord, I pray, help us to be obedient to You. In Your name, Jesus. Amen.